The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... I'm Toria Bono. I am a primary teacher in a junior school on the South Coast, and I'm also the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. Lovely to be here. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher in Buckinghamshire, currently teaching reception and year one children. And today we are exploring what art we can create with this week's folktale from Colombia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Basket Babies. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, as well as extra lesson ideas that we didn't have time to fit in this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria and our residents of Colombia. We are exploring some art today. So I'm going to go to you, Helen, actually, because um, at least on my screen, you are looking the most colourful. Um, <laughs> got the, <laughs> the flashes of, of yellow and, and, of course, the world map behind you. Um, oh, I have a map talking- behind me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were talking yesterday about how um, how much you love them, and they are your principal decorations, as far as we can see. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, go on then. How arty are you being with this story for ages four to seven? Well, I've got a couple of lovely arty activities um, slash projects. As, as ever, it can go, you can take it as far as you like, an afternoon or a week. So the first one is around this idea of a bird that sings your fortune. So in the story, it talks about this bird, but it doesn't describe mm. the bird at all. Um, and in my head, immediately, I get a picture of quite an exotic kind of bird, not kind mm-hmm. of your English garden birds, as cute as they are. Um, let me just say that. So I thought it'd be really great to... She doesn't want to get attacked by all of the crows the next well, time she goes out the house. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Friend to all birds. I thought you could use some images of exotic birds first to get children's imagination going. And then it'd be a really lovely activity for them to use colour lots and lots of bright colors um, and in my mind this would be a collage activity so they could create enormous exotic birds using different colors um, and different materials or you could stick to one material tissue paper or whatever you happen to have mm-hmm. to create some lovely birds singing fortunes and a good skill for the children there is to group the materials that you've got by color so then you're looking at different shades of color so all the blue materials in one pile all the purple and then all the all the red or the yellow and um, and then looking at the mm. fact that there are different shades and how to sort by colour, um, which is always a good activity mm. in the early years, sorting things. Um, and then, yeah, doing some collage work and getting children to to create. And this, from their imagination, a very imaginative activity, some mm. um, exotic birds singing fortunes. Yeah. Always a great idea to do any activity like this before you show the illustrations of, yes, of course. Um, 
the the story because uh, you don't want to necessarily put some ideas in. And what, one of the reasons why, well, certainly with my storytelling, at least I try to leave the uh, the visual descriptions to the minds of the listeners or, or the readers, is so that they have the opportunity to put in their imaginative investment in the story. It's part of um, what keeps uh, an audience engaged in a tale, and you can capitalize on that sort of thing very much with this kind of activity if you then let them create their own bird and let them know that all of those ideas are valid mm, yes of course yeah and then um the the other idea i had which again it might be a bit of a longer project um is more around mm. the garden the idea of a garden now of course in the story this is in colombia um but my mm. mind went to um art in the style of monet because he did some very famous artwork around gardens yeah. And I thought, because, um, you know, very important part of the art curriculum across the primary age range is looking at famous artists, looking at their mm. style, looking at some of their famous works, learning a bit about them, which I do even in with my class, I would introduce um, the artist, show a picture of the artist and talk a little bit about them and where they're from. And then look at some of their artwork and get children to talk about to talk about their responses to the artwork, what they like, what they don't like, what do they think it's a picture of, because it's not always clear. <laughs> <laughs> and then learn how to do artwork in, in the same style so they could create the the garden. Yeah. The garden for the for the royal visit in the style of Monet. Linking quite nicely to your science topic from from earlier. Yes. Links everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of those then link to your um, ideas for art, Toria, for the ages 7 to 11? Um, sort of, but sort of not. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's they do and they don't. Because actually where Helen talked about gardens with her science activity, I was more about rivers and so on mm. um, for mine. Um, and actually what I was thinking about um, exploring different artists and their representation of rivers. Mm. Good idea. And yeah. actually looking at different paintings of rivers and working out where in the world that might be. So again, linking to geography somewhat. Mm. Because actually if you look at lots of different artist representations of rivers, some of them are very clearly English. Mm. Because mm. you know you can you can see sort of Constable Light River and very clearly it is set in England, mm -hmm. and then you've got others and you can tell that you know they are they're not English rivers and actually there are some fabulous pictures of rivers in South South America and I I just think getting children to really explore the colours within those you know a bit of colour mixing as Helen mm. was saying you know really exploring colors and exploring how they would then represent the river within the story yeah so that was one of my ideas just because that comparison of artists is always really interesting mm. and comparisons of artworks and then the other idea i had was just illustrations of the actual story itself oh, okay and how they would depict the characters mm. because i I love looking at illustrations, but at the same time, I love looking in my imagination at how I would depict things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got to say that the two sisters in this story really remind me of the ugly sisters <laughs> in Cinderella, yes. as I'm sure yeah. they do, most people. And actually, when I'm drawing them, would I depict them in the same way? Mm. Would I depict them slightly differently? How would I depict them? So, you know, and actually what you can get into then with um, the older age group is very much, again, looking at the Colombian culture, mm -hmm. looking at how they may have dressed. So actually they're representing them um, mm. because it's a, a Colombian folktale mm. in a more Colombian traditional way. 
So you could then look at Colombian dress and you could look more at Colombian traditions, Colombian artwork, traditional artwork, and so on. So you could go right back. Yeah, yeah. Because I think often when we read stories, we depict the characters in the way that we would represent them in our own culture. Yeah. Mm. That's a very good point. Actually, if you could look up as well, like some Colombian illustrators um, and look at their yes. work. And, yeah. and I think that's a really important point, Toria, to put into children's imagination some other representations, um, introduce mm. them to different representations so that actually they've, they've got a broader range in their head for another time. And I like seeing the the sort of link that you're making there between art and DT, the sort of evaluatory uh, steps mm. that go on in art. Because as you were describing the sisters there, I thought, yes, okay, yeah, I, I can certainly see the parallels with the ugly sisters in Cinderella. But of course, in Cinderella, the ugly sisters are also stepsisters. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter if they are completely ugly next to someone like Cinderella because the idea is that they are different families whereas here because they are genuinely related to the youngest sister the 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 one who goes on to be the princess you can't really show them as too different in uh Mm. well beauty or or, you know on, on, on that sort of continuum because you know they're supposed to all be related and this allows you i think to have those um discussions with your children about how actually art is is also a developmental process and it's okay to to have an idea be it a written one where you write it down and then screw it up and chuck it into the waste paper basket Mm. um or an artistic one where you draw the picture screw it up chuck (laughs) it in the waste paper basket and start again because you know you're constantly thinking or actually I need to go back and revisit like I did you know you you come up with your piece of art and then you notice that there's this chronology issue and you think hmm do I need to do something about that or not and do I throw that in the waste paper basket or do I think that actually that is working here Mm. so what do you keep what do you get rid of Mm. I was just thinking about princesses, actually. Mm. And I was thinking, actually, I've got a very preconceived idea of what princess looks like in my head from fairy tales. Mm. Does the princess in this story look like that? Well, no, probably not. Because she's Colombian. She's Colombian. So what does she look like? And how would that be different? And Mm. how would I represent? So, yeah, I was just, there's so much there that I think we need to break children's stereotypes. Stereotypical brains, yeah. and such, and and our own. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but it's okay. But again, yeah, show that, that it's okay to come with some of these preconceived notions. Yes, and yeah, absolutely. Put down a draft, um, and then and then go back and think about. Okay, well, how will I develop this? Having done a bit of research into Colombian culture and tradition, um, and yeah, in, enhance enhance the art. That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything we've discussed in this podcast, so please find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. You can also use social media to let us know if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, as we'd love to help. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and let us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the gardener and his family will help us teach music, design and technology. Technology! But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio! 
And, and we, we hope, hope to hear your, your stories, stories soon. soon.